0: Adrienne Barbeau, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. Ahoy, mates. This is KAB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. For the men of the seagrass, 15 miles out tonight, a warm hello and keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. Now, in the meantime, relax with me while I play this song from the Coupe de Ville's dedicated just to you.
1: Hey, Adrian. It's Corey and Vincent for Phantasm. How you doing?
0: I'm doing okay.
1: And are you ready to go?
0: Yeah. All right. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to vote in this next election. Oh. This is our state of <laughs> state, <laughs> state primary.
1: Oh wow. Well, you think you think far ahead. That's awesome. Well, um, well I vote by mail. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, and we've got so
0: many propositions on the ballot that
1: uh, it uh, takes a few that's days. That's well it's very it's very important for sure to keep up with that and definitely appreciate it too that, you know so many people don't do that now. They just don't vote at all and it's not not a good thing.
0: I know, it's tragic.
1: You gotta get the young people to get out of bed and go vote.
0: Yeah, well <laughs> Voting by mail makes it easier. Yeah, that's you know, right. I've got all three of my boys yeah. registered to vote by mail. Then there's no excuses, you know? You don't have to go downtown. You don't have to go anywhere. Right.
1: It's all done. Compete the traffic and still use your convenience. Yeah. All right. That's pop it awesome. in the
0: mailbox.
1: Well, follow Adrian's lead and, and go out and vote however you got to do it. <laughs> um, we'll get this rolling here. I just want to say before we start, it's an honor to have you on. This is really incredible for us. We're huge fans, so... The listeners are huge fans, of course. So, uh, thank you for coming on, for sure.
2: Well, thank you. And where uh, are you guys?
1: Uh, we're in Tampa right now, uh, Florida. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. Uh, I visited you at Texas Frightmare Weekend. It seemed a pretty busy uh, weekend. It was very it was, awesome. It was remarkable. You know. <laughs> yeah, and talk a little bit about your experience there over the past week.
0: Well, the last time I had been there was in 2007. Oh, wow. And I just, I just remember having a great time. I remember Jimmy Hampton was there, and I think Tom Atkins and Chuck Seifers oh, yeah. were there. And so I was just sort of looking forward to it. I never anticipated. Right. I, you know, it was just nonstop. And, what, and it started out with a really lovely evening Thursday night. They had a, a screening of Escape from New York at the right. Texas Theater.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Which wow. is
0: where they caught, you know, where they caught Oswald. So I thought that was sort of interesting, and it wow. was a beautiful print of the film, and I hadn't seen it since 1982. Wow! So that was really enjoyable. That's great. But uh, that is uh, that's a, an incredible uh, convention. Yeah, <laughs> it it very well run. Oh yeah, you know, it was uh, it was fun to be there.
1: Yeah, it was my first time attending, and uh, I'd never seen a Friday like that for a convention. It no, my gosh,
2: it just didn't stop. And, <laughs>
1: and they kept you busy. Your line was pretty pretty uh, crazy all weekend, so that's that's good, you know.
0: Um, yeah, it was great. Never, I took one five-minute break on Friday from five until, I, I didn't get back up you know, finish
1: up until about 12.15. Oh, my God. And
0: Saturday was the
1: same. Yeah, so. and Saturday is always, you know, they tell you it's the busier day. I couldn't really tell the difference from Friday, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all seemed pretty pretty intense, uh, especially for, for the guests, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, everybody was really great, uh, from my experience. Um, all the actors and everything were a pleasure, and everybody that I met there had a great time and didn't have any you know, uh, bad experiences with anybody, so that's always a good thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So we'll definitely be venturing back to Texas maybe next year, we'll see. <laughs> um, so we'll jump right in here uh, to the, near the start of your film career, and I know doing the television show with John kind of, you know, uh, puts you into feature film, you know, from the fog or whatever, so, uh, and I know... Was that someone's watching me was the TV film and they're, they're actually putting it out on Blu-ray for the first time in July so that's going to be cool
0: yes I just did uh, some special material for it I wasn't sure I was going to remember anything but uh, the <laughs> fellow who produced it was <laughs> was very encouraging and, and had a nice facility for <laughs> bringing out things that I had totally forgotten
1: <laughs> right that's awesome <clears throat> I know at the time, being a TV star, it was hard to get into feature films at the time, you know, because they wanted to sell the stars to sell the movie, so for you to, to land the role, um, that that's that pretty amazing, so uh, I guess talk about your transition from TV to film and how that, what you carried over from that.
0: Well, I, you know, I started on stage, so right. there was an earlier transition, oh, I of was course, original Rizzo in... Uh, in the first Broadway production of Grease. Yeah, which is awesome. And then that led to, to Maud and then yeah. to all the TV movies and, mm-hmm. and, you know, miniseries and things like that. Absolutely. But in 1978, when Maud was going off the air, if you were starring in a TV show, you could not get seen for features because, right. as you said, you know, the producers thought nobody's going to pay to see you in the movie theater if they can see you for free every sure. Tuesday night. And, um,. I got a call from my agent who said that there was this uh, young film director who was doing his first studio, union film, I guess you'd say, uh, as opposed to an independent feature, uh, and that uh, he wanted to cast me in one of the roles. So I went in and, and I met with John Carpenter. And I think what I know about him, he probably... And I and I should ask him. <laughs> Maybe I asked him at the time, but I, you know, it's been many, many years. Right. He probably saw in the role that I was playing on Maude as as Dee Arthur's daughter. Right. He probably saw the qualities that he was attracted to in an actor because he. He's been very uh, vocal about, you know, his admiration for Howard Hawks and and the Hawksian woman, the, the the lead women, the lead actresses that Howard Hawks used—sure, Lauren Bacall and 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 Kate Hepburn—and right. they were strong women, you know. They, oh, yeah. they were witty, but they were strong. And um, I, I I suspect that John saw. Carol on Maude and thought oh you know what those are those qualities that I'm looking for and so he called me in and offered me the role and um, it was his first union film you know working with a studio crew and working very fast I think we shot the whole thing in 10 days which wow. at that time was, was even was even more than you usually did a TV movie you know sure. um and, um, and and so that's how we met so I knew him first as a director right. but that led to our having a romantic relationship absolutely and um, and then you know he he got the financing for his next feature and asked and told me he'd like to write me a role for me and um and that was The Fog. And uh, who knows, had it not been for my relationship with John and him offering me The Fog as my first feature, how long it might have been before I, <laughs> I did another movie, you right. know? <laughs> um, and then I think because I was by that time married to John and because my first film was a, a genre film, right. I don't think of *The Fog* as a horror film. I think of it more as a, a ghost story, really. But
2: yeah, right. uh,
0: then I sort of, you know, got the label of uh, well, she's a genre actress. You know, I did <laughs> right. plenty of other things in, in 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 between, but I ended up, you know, very fortunate to uh, to do four of the. Iconic eighties, 80s, early eighties 80s films oh,
3: yeah. I mean, it's between
0: the Fog and Escape and Creepshow and Swamp Thing. Um, uh, it was remarkable. Oh yeah! <laughs> and little did any of us know back in nineteen seventy nine and eighty and eighty one when we were making those things that you know forty years later they would still have such a a, a vast Fan base.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, I think, mean, I had, you
0: know. I had people come up to me all week long who said, more and more I'm hearing people say to me, I watch The Fog every night before I go to sleep. It, like, it puts me to sleep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I use it like my clock radio, you know, right. the old-fashioned clock radios. And uh, people who watch those movies, you know, sometimes once a week, once a month, certainly. And it's it's... It's still surprising to me because, well, I didn't grow up going to the movies, right. and you know, I don't remember, you know, a lot of. I think I remember seeing Ben Hur when I was in high school, oh, wow. and uh, <laughs> Tammy, Tammy and the Bachelor or something, but never in my life would I consider. Seeing a movie more than once. Right. I mean, I've seen it. Why would I want to see it again? You know, <laughs> I know what happens. <laughs> i would listened to the same song fifty times in a row, oh, but sure. but you know, never
2: cheaper, back that one.
0: You know, and, and never see a movie more than once. And so, the fact that that these movies have had su- have become iconic and have such a lifespan is is. Surprising
1: to me and wonderful and gratifying. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, uh, Adrian, this is uh, Vincent, <clears throat> and
3: uh, I have a question for you. Uh, on Escape from New York, um, what was it like uh, working with that cast? I mean, Kurt Russell and then Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, yeah. and Lee Van Cleef. I love Lee Van Cleef, and yeah, good the, the Bad and Ugly. And you can't go wrong with that. Oh, yeah. And, and just. Uh, what was it what was that like shooting that?
0: Well, it was it was a joy. I knew Kurt because John had directed him in Elvis in the miniseries. Right, right. And so we were social friends as as Amazing. was uh, Season Hugley, who was his wife at the time. Oh,
2: okay. And Season yeah,
0: yeah. plays the chocolate uh, and Nuts girl.
1: Right? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So
0: I, I knew Kurt and I mean I love Kurt, you know, he's he's just one of the great all-time guys. Absolutely. I don't know if we share the same politics or maybe at, at that time we didn't, but that didn't make any difference. Yeah, right. Um, and Lee, I never... Uh, you know, all of my scenes were, re- were either shot at the USC library, which is what we used for brains, you know... Yeah. ...hideout or domain or whatever, or in St. Louis. And... Uh, Lee's scenes were all at the Sepulveda Dam here in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know that I ever really even met Lee. I I don't remember meeting him. Uh, i was certainly a you know an admirer of his work and okay. a fan of his work, but we didn't have any interaction together. Um, Bernie, who is you know one of the loveliest man in the world I love him and, and who man. i got to know even more so years later when we were both on a book tour he was his book and i think i had my that's memoir awesome. or one wow. of my vampire novels or something that's great um but at the time ernie was prepping a one-man show <laughs> a, a theater piece that's and great. i know he was very anxious about whether or not he was going to be able to memorize 90 minutes of monologue <laughs> sure. so he spent a lot of his time sitting in the uh, in the chairs in the uh, lobby of the hotel you know just going over his lines and uh, they were all just wonderful donald oh yeah i swear donald Man. Pleasance is one of the funniest men i've ever worked with yeah there was something about his dry wit where, you know, he'd say something under his breath right before we'd start rolling cameras. (laughs) And I'd have to tell John, you've got to wait, you've got (laughs) to wait, because I'm laughing too hard. He was just uh, (laughs) a brilliant actor. Oh, yeah. My first Broadway show was, uh, I was one of the daughters in Fiddler on the Roof. And Donald was doing The Man in the Glass Booth
2: oh, in the great. theater
0: next door to us. Huh. We were separated, my dressing room was separated from the stage uh, by two brick walls, but every night I could hear Donald projecting through those two brick walls that's as crazy. he got into the character in Man of the Glass Booth. Um, you know, you couldn't ask for and and I saw it again the other night. They screened it at the Texas Theater. Oh wow. And uh it was uh it was a beautiful print. I hadn't seen it since nineteen eight the the 80s, you know, the first time I saw it, I guess.
2: Right.
0: Uh certainly not on the big screen. And I was so taken with how real he was in that role. And it could have been, you know, sort of ridiculous if you think about it you know but he was so honest and so real and the other performance I was really taken with the other night because I, you know I'd watched it once and then I never you know was Isaac Hayes and how that too could have been over the top I'm sure some of it you know came from John maybe (laughs) because he's such a great director right but I was I was I was really impressed with what Isaac did in in a role that again could have been, you know, a little too charactery or something.
1: <laughs> sure. I believed
0: him. <coughs> I believed him and so it was just it was great fun I mean uh, I think it was probably more fun for me than for them because they were working a lot harder than I was and uh, <laughs> you know they were working nights in St. Louis and it was the weather was horrendous it was so hot right. there were there, there was one scene where those guys are jumping out of the helicopter oh, yeah. and landing on the tarmac and it was so hot that the uh, oh what the of the tarmac was soft and I think somebody broke their ankle you know I mean they were squishing into the into the tarmac and uh, most of my stuff was uh, at the USC library <laughs> yeah <laughs> with air conditioning
3: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the that's... way to do it <laughs> another question for you about escape did you ever at the time or John or really anybody uh, ever think that James Cameron being a matte painter on that film would ever be what he is now?
0: No, I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even know he was a matte painter on the film. <laughs> oh, well, <he> was, yeah.
2: <laughs> and,
0: and, uh, I think David Dakota, who is also a, a, yes. another director, film director, who I've worked for, actually. But I think David was, you know, on the cruise somewhere and years later he came up to me and said, I don't think you remember I was, you know <laughs> uh, way down the totem pole. But yeah. uh, no, I mean I I certainly
3: you know Just kind of something <laughs> funny, I just thought I'd yeah. Uh just kind of skip ahead here, something I would dine to ask you about ever since, you know, I saw you in any movie. Um what was it like working with Hal Needham? and Burt Reynolds in, in uh, The Cannibal Run. Oh,
0: <laughs> you've got to buy my memoir. <laughs> because my experience of that film was probably different than everyone else's. I had a, I, I, I had a great time working with Dino and Dom, um, and uh, I mean, I knew I had known Burt for years, and um, I had known Sammy. Um, but, you know, I, it was one of my earlier films, and I showed up, but I was gonna act, you know? Right. I mean, I was gonna say the words that were on the page and find the character and, and act, and, you know, try and find the humor in that. And of course, you know. They could have cared less. <laughs> oh, like, man, no, no. As my, as a friend of mine said to me years later, I was saying something about you know, I, I was you know, all the talent you needed was in between your breast <laughs> It oh, 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 oh. like, nobody cared. It was like how, you know, right? And if you look at the outtakes at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. where Bert was slapping Dom. And everyone is laughing uproariously. And if you look over to the right side of the screen and you see Adrienne, uh, <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> you know? well. I was like, you know. Uh, so um, I hate to, d- you know, disappoint you, but um, I mean, oh, we were on the set in uh, in Lancaster, California, right. which is the desert, and Roger Moore's air conditioning broke. Oh. And he came and knocked on my trailer door and asked if he could, you know, take refuge in my trailer door, and I was speechless, because, <laughs> oh my god, this was Roger Moore, and what was I going to talk to Roger Moore about?
2: Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's the only time I've been starstruck in my life, I think. Was he nice? <laughs> I
1: can
3: imagine. He was nice, too, you then. And,
0: and he was such a gentleman. He was so lovely. I think we talked about the state of the California educational program. Amazing. Wow.
1: Like that's, that's a memory there, for sure.
0: It was. It really was. Uh, still, and, and, and that white suit that he wore was as white at the end of a 10-hour shooting day as it was when he put it on. Amazing. I mean, he was. He was a movie star.
1: Oh, That's yeah. great. Yeah, Royalty, <laughs> you know. um, now, was Cannonball Run film, was it shot before Escape from New York, or was it after?
0: Cannonball Run was after Escape from New York. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Because I know
1: they were yeah. released like a month apart and I wasn't sure which one came first shooting-wise, so. Yeah, I, I'm pretty
0: sure it
1: was after. Awesome. But,
0: but, you know, I mean... One of those, you know, we'll go with Don't... It. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: moving on to one of our favorite films, uh, Swamp Thing. Um now you're working with Wes Craven, which I've always wanted to ask you this. What is the, you know, how did those two differ, like John and Wes? What is Wes like to work with versus John on a set?
0: You know, it was, it's it's difficult to make a comparison because Wes was working under incredibly difficult circumstances. Right. He had written a beautiful script And we got to South Carolina and they just pulled the budget out from under him on a daily basis, it seemed like to me. Uh, So he was having to throw away entire scenes, Mm. eliminate characters, make do with props that didn't work, make do with a jeep where nobody had bothered to charge the battery or change the battery and so you know the the crew had to push it by hand to get right. it started mm. make do with showing up on the set for no with no makeup trailer because they hadn't paid the bills so we were working very very long hours and um i barely remember you know i uh,
1: there's so much going on. He was
0: always lovely. He was always um, calm, and uh, he kept a very uh, a gracious set, if, if if I can use that word. I mean, there right. was no losing his temper or anything like that. But it it would be really difficult to compare the two and their directing style, right? Because he just he had he had so much to deal with John uh, I mean I love working with John uh, as I and I and I loved working with Wes but right. um, I couldn't tell you <laughs> 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 I mean I just sort of did what I did and, and, and right. he said that's great let's get on with it you know
1: <laughs> yeah. um, and I know Wes from Swamp Thing you know he was trying to prove himself at the time you know like hey this is like a technically you know like a comic book movie and I'm doing horror stuff, but you know, I'm trying to prove that I can do something different, you know, while keeping the horror style within the movie itself by adding nods here and there and using the environment, you know, with you know with how he did it in like Hills Have Eyes and stuff. Um, so I bet it was definitely a challenge for him to to try to make that film, and a lot of people probably didn't think he could do it, you know.
0: I think it it really was, and and you know there was all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, um, oh, uh, oh my gosh, my head is is. Uh, who's the actor? The, the French actor from Gigi, um, the other star of the film. Um, oh,
3: uh, the guy from Octopussy. Uh, the he plays the villain. I uh I know you. Yes. Yeah, he was the villain in Octopussy, too. I cannot think of his name to save my life. I will look you it You think it's from
0: Octopussy. I'm thinking of him. <laughs> well, you he's know, he's one of the most famous French actors. That's right. And it's
3: awful that I did it, but it shows my Okay, title. hold on. I'm going <laughs> to have to
0: have i got, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. i got it. <laughs> Louis Jourdan. Yes. Awesome. Mr. Jourdan's son had just, I believe, committed suicide. Oh, my God. And he, had died. he had just
2: awful.
0: died. So he was you know I mean he was I mean he came out of his trailer to do the words and oftentimes I, I do remember him saying to Wes at one point I will raise my hand and you can put the words in later because he just he wasn't he was it was just too difficult for him to,
2: yeah. wow.
0: to be doing what he was doing so he was working with all kinds of things and then the, the set itself we were in the middle of the swamps it was yeah. hot. It was buggy. There were, you know, a couple of the crew members ended up going to jail. <laughs>
2: it, oh was like,
0: it wasn't an easy set. So the fact wow. that Wes did what he did, and that the the film has had such a, uh, you know, a, a, a following, and uh, has given rise to everything that came after it—the the TV show—and now I understand they're doing another. I don't know if it's a series or another uh, film yeah. uh, based on it. Um, that's all a tribute to Wes.
1: It's amazing.
3: It is. It's really neat. Um, what was it like? Kind of skip ahead to the, your next film? Uh, what was Creepshow like? George. Creepshow
0: was great fun. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And It was right.
3: so
0: much fun. Um, I love George. I mean, I'd never met him. I, I had no. When they first sent me the script, I thought, there's no way I'm doing this. This is too bloody and gory <laughs> and violent. And oh, my God, well, I, I'm not going to. You know, no, I can't do this. Plus, I don't drink. Yeah. So I've never been drunk. And I you know. Yeah, I was I don't a know special character. All of that. But. Um, Tommy, and I didn't know who George was. I mean, I was this is not my field, you know, what? horror films. But I was married to the man who kept saying, are you kidding? You're going to turn down the opportunity to work with George Romero? <laughs> and, um, and Tom Atkins had already been cast, and Tom is one of my oldest friends. Awesome. So I called Tommy, and I said, Tommy, you're going to do this? I mean, this is really... you know you don't understand you know it's going to be a comic book and George is going to do it like this and you got to do it you got to do it and uh, it was I mean she's such a great character
2: you know and
0: I do owe her to George because that's not the way you usually act on a film I mean he just kept saying you can go bigger you can do. go ahead just do it you can go bigger
1: And, you know, looking back on it now, working with, you know, some of the greatest horror directors and without even really considering yourself as, you know, like a genre actress, you were just, you know, in those films Um, from working with all three of them, like John and Wes and George. What is it? um, What did you really gather from all three of them that you carry with you?
0: Well, John was responsible for me. Uh, you know, he gave me an incredible piece of acting advice when we were doing someone's watching me. I finished. I, I had come from the stage, and
2: mm-hmm. then I
0: had gone to uh, you know half-hour sitcom, which was done like a play, right? For uh, you know a, a, an audience, and it's comedy. So you know, you're working. You're working at a certain. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, large S. Right. Um. And then I had done a lot of TV movies and everything, but usually with a TV movie or or with other guest stars on on television shows. In those days, I don't know. Maybe, and and now even the director is pretty much a uh for the most part a, uh, a traffic cop. You know, right.
2: He, he right.
0: blocks the scene, and then you do it, and you go on to the next. Right. And there's not time for anything else. Sure. I finished the first scene uh, in Someone's Watching Me, and I believe it was the scene in which I revealed that I'm, I'm gay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was a beautifully written scene. And John came over and he said, that was great, that was great. Do less. <laughs> and I said, do less? And he said, yeah, just do less. And it was, you know, the proverbial light bulb. Right. all of a sudden it's like oh i understand you know and that was a great a great piece of directing That's for amazing. me that i carried with me until it was time to do creep show and then george said do more you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. so you can do
1: less or you can do more just depending.
2: <laughs>
0: So I don't know what I got from all three of them except a wonderful body of work that I'm very proud of, and um, you know I, I'm so grateful that I was that I was cast in all three of those films.
1: As are we. They were all beautiful characters. Even <laughs> even Wilma. You know there was something about her that we all remember and we love. Even though the characters. Yes. You know, yes. Obviously, if we were put in in the other person's shoes. Wilma would have been a little bit much but you know still love the character for what
2: she is.
0: well you know I think what makes Wilma work what makes any character like that work you know if you're watching Walton Goggins play a a villain or if you're watching anybody who's playing somebody who is you know from from a wide an audience perspective has very little redeeming qualities right is that you have to understand what has brought them to act that way, you know right. I mean, you don't just go in and say okay, I'm going to play her really bitchy or I'm going <laughs> to play her real angry or something like that right. you have to understand why she's like that and yeah. I think in Wilma's case life has disappointed her yeah. you know, she. this is not what she anticipated for herself and Henry is you know, he didn't live up to what she thought he was going to be, and um, uh, and and so to deal with the disappointment, she drinks and, and she's angry. She's,
2: right? You know, you very know. angry. <laughs> so,
0: but I think had I just played her without an understanding of who she was, it would not have worked.
3: Right. On the creep show project. When you went in, you know, and, and met with George and stuff, did you meet with Stephen as well, or was he not around for that stuff, or...
0: You know, I didn't meet George until I got on the set to okay. start rehearsals. Okay. I mean, they cast me here in California, and then we went to Pittsburgh, and I think maybe the night before we filmed, uh, George and his wife at the time, Christine Romero, who plays... She's in the film... Um, I don't know if you remember the scene where we're all at the cocktail party. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And there's this young couple who's just moved there and I'm saying, you know, are you trying to buy property? Oh, trying to buy property in this town is a friggin' pain in the ass or something. <laughs> 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 that's Christine, the one that, you know, I take her her husband off and say, let's get you a drink or oh, whatever.
2: Anyway, great.
0: Chris and George had a dinner party and Stephen was there and Ed Harris and Amy, I think, Madigan, his wife, and Tommy, of course, and myself, and I, maybe Joe, uh, John, oh, well, I can't remember. There was someone else there. Or maybe they were telling a story that that had always stayed in my mind about a friend of George's. But, so we all got to have dinner together at, at their house. And, uh, but I, and I, I don't remember Stephen being on the set. I may have... Been on the set when he started his segment playing Geordie. <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
0: But I may have all, you know, I don't remember. I just don't remember. <laughs> I just remember having a great time. <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, I loved working with um, Fritz Weaver and Hal. You know, Hal, uh, I'd already known him from the fog, but although we'd never had right. we didn't have any scenes together. In yeah, the he's fog. great. Um, and what you all may not know, if you're real aficionados, you will, but what your audience may not know is the young boy who plays Tommy's son in the interstitials, you know, the where the kid is reading the comic book and his dad is getting mad at him in between the, the segments of the film. That's Stephen's son, uh, whose name at that time was Joe King, right. but who now is a very successful horror author in his own right, Joe Hill.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Which we've actually gotten in touch with him. Um so, you know, just trying to shoot the shit with him. He's pretty he's a pretty neat guy.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know it. I mean we did a uh, Very we were I think we were down at Comic Con doing an authors panel when one of my vampire novels came out and, and Joe had, you know, uh maybe one of his first novels out and he came up and introduced himself to me and said i don't know if you'll remember me but i played tommy's son in, in Creepshow. <laughs> that's great um, that's awesome I'm, steven is my dad and i said oh my gosh you know but here it is joe hill you
1: know oh, that's <laughs> great and you know it's cool coming up you know because i'm a younger guy so the Seeing you know Joe Hill being there and then uh, your son Cody as well, which is awesome. You know being in oh, I'm so proud
0: of my son
2: Cody. That'd I am be, so yeah.
0: proud of him.
1: <laughs> you know, they're, they're
3: did ra- you
0: see John's concert? It but hasn't
3: it, been in the South yet.
0: No, no, and it probably won't be. It, I mean, I think I was it,
3: so. I don't, we'll probably have to fly out and see. Yeah, it. we were
1: we're we're dying to 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 see it. I just it's. We've seen, you know, the, the YouTube stuff and, uh, you know, the, the anthology record that came out and they did the whole Christine video and, you know, it's, it's really cool and, you know, it sounds so good, you know, bringing that stuff back and I think it's the perfect time for John to be doing this stuff and to have Cody yeah. in the band with him it's just, it's surreal, you know and it's definitely something and, on our list And
0: the concert itself is so exciting because they, they're not just playing the music the video is behind them.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Each of the scenes,
0: you know, and it's it's it, they just did a fantastic job
1: with it. So <laughs> I tell you, it's it,
3: the it's it's just been so far away. We've not been able to do it. I mean, I was hoping he would play Atlanta, but at least, and it's just not been. I mean, I think the closest place was like Cleveland, Ohio, which is so far away from where we're
1: at. So. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. fly out next time when we get. You know, keep my fingers crossed. It doesn't. I one. hope they continue to do it. I
0: don't yeah. think they have any plans at
1: this point, but you right. never know. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, you know we're we're happy that they're doing it, and the the Definitely. the newer you know the redone music sounds incredible on the on CD, and you know uh, the Christine video was a lot of fun for you know for us as fans, and you know we're proud of Cody as well. It's yeah, your son's very awesome. talented.
0: Yeah, he is. He just released another album himself of
3: his own music. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of go back to your filmography. Uh, another one. I've, another question I've always just wanted to ask you. Um, what was it like working with Rodney Dangerfield?
1: <laughs> back to school.
0: <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> I always said the director of that film should have had an Academy Award just for getting Rodney to stand still, <laughs> <laughs> and and for eliminating all of his act, which he wanted to incorporate into the show, and he was hysterically funny, um, but, you know, he'd start on a riff, and the director would say, Rodney, Rodney, that's really funny. I don't think it works for the character, you right. Know? he was a sweetheart oh god he was a sweetheart and a real ladies man I remember the first day I showed up on the set there were a line of women standing outside his trailer oh my and I god said, what, what are those what are those ladies here for oh they're all big fans of Rodney's you know <laughs> he's, he's a sex symbol as far as they're concerned that's
1: that's amazing and you
0: know the most wonderful thing about Rodney um, he they he his wife just established a school of comedy at uh, uh, LA City College. That's awesome. Here oh, wow. in Los Angeles. And um, they they just had a big event, you know, the kickoff event for the for the classes that we're starting. I think they're they're offering four classes right now. Wow. In in stand up comedy, you know, stand up performance and I think sure. in writing and wow. everything. Um
3: it's fantastic.
0: And so they had a uh, um f- for the kickoff. They had Brad. Oh, oh my God! Everybody loves Raymond. Brad. Um, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I know you. No, no, yeah. I know you. You know talking. who I mean. This is yeah, exactly terrible. Talking. Oh, oh yeah. how can I not? You yeah. know, Maybe it wasn't everybody loves Raymond. But anyway, they had an. In, uh, they had a cast of wonderful comedian com- comedic actors do a reading of the show and then they would you know they'd read uh, a scene or two and then go to the next scene on screen pulled from the film wow. and uh, it was a wonderful uh, event uh, in Rodney's honor and honoring him for establishing this uh, this theater
3: yeah, that's uh, neat
0: department
3: at uh la city college yeah was it i I know you guys don't have any scenes in back to school but it was kind of like i always thought it was interesting that keith gordon you know he's stars in christine and then he's in that movie with you
0: well and i knew keith even before well no i guess i met keith on christine and um but we, yeah, we didn't have any scenes together, but, uh, you know, we were sort of social friends. Right. And the, the, the one that, that took me by surprise was when I went to the screening of Back to School, and the film starts, and there's the black-and-white footage of Rodney's father, you know, the tailor... Yeah, wow. ...who is it, it, talking to Rodney. Well... I had spent two and a half years on Broadway doing Fiddler on the Roof with that actor. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) It just comes full circle, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty nuts. (laughs) That's really neat. Now, I'm a huge Harold Ramis fan. I know he, like, helped co-write it. Um, Reading a script from him, is that... How was that experience?
0: You know, I'm not even sure I knew at the time... That he had co written it. I just, I'm There's, sorry, I think, three, I'm,
1: three writers total, I think. Was
0: he? I think so. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so
1: funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I know Chuck Russell and the tie here also, I think a lot of your films just come full circle somehow, you know. Um, Chuck Russell wrote and directed like Dream Warriors and the Blob remakes. You know, there's a horror guy in there, you know, uh, producing that. Did you ever meet with Chuck?
0: Well, I mean, uh, Chuck was certainly on the set at that time and yeah, we were, you know, spending time together but he was at this event just when I, maybe it was six months ago and it was the first time I'd seen him in years and it was was great to see him. Uh, I haven't, you know, followed... What he's been doing since
3: then, but right. um, he sort of reminded me of what was going on when we were doing the movie. That's really neat. I I don't know what it was. That was always my favorite. Uh, Ronnie Dangerfield movie was Back to School. I just love it. I don't know. I, I think it's he's hilarious in it. It's like, I mean, I love him in Caddyshack. I guess everybody does. But Back to School is just a great movie, and I. I love that you're... Well, it
0: had a lot of heart, too, you know? It is. Brad it's a great movie. Brad Garrett is who I was trying to remember. Brad Garrett, Red Rodney's part, he was great. and um,
1: But, but
3: the now.
0: movie had a lot of heart. And uh, maybe that's why you respond to it so much.
3: Yeah, it's great. I, I And I, I guess Keith, I guess he's went on. He's become a successful director himself. So
0: Very much so, yes, yes.
3: yes. Which is great.
0: And, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: And the first thing I ever saw him in was Jaws too, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember so that that's one. <laughs> but I have to ask you this. If I don't ask you this, I'll never forgive myself. Uh, I'm obsessed with John. He's my favorite director on the planet. Is there a fun John Carpenter story you could tell us?
1: <laughs> that he wouldn't. Be- <laughs> yeah, that he won't kill me over. He won't be- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we don't. We don't want them to get us.
0: Well, let's see. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I tell it in my in my um, in my memoir, so I suppose it's okay to tell. Uh, John and I, after we shot the the fog, we bought a home up in. In Inverness, okay. in where the fog was shot, awesome. Point Grace National
1: It's beautiful. Short. Yeah, it is.
0: And this was this was a house in the middle of the woods. It was you know a gorgeous, wonderful house. Just just it had been uh, designed by an architect for himself, who was very much into environmental issues, and so. Um, It was all cedar and glass and just surrounded by woods and everything.
1: It's amazing.
0: And the first weekend we moved in was the weekend of the um, Jerry Lewis telethon. And John was a Jerry Lewis telethon fanatic. (laughs) 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 So he stayed up, you know, all night watching the Jerry Lewis telethon. And at some point, I went to bed. And around 2 in the morning, John came in sort of on his knees with a towel over his head (laughs) and he said Adrienne Adrienne there's a bat in the living room (laughs) and I said well you know let it out (laughs) no are you kidding there's a bat in the living room (laughs) and there he was you know the master of horror with his head covered at nature's mercy (laughs) so I got up and went in the living room and opened the windows (laughs) and let it out
1: so you save his life? I, don't, that
0: I night. don't think he'd be too upset if I, <laughs> if I told that story.
1: We still think of him the same. We just won't, you know, mention. That's amazing <laughs> story. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that really makes everyone feel human whenever it's like you know our favorite director. Hey, you got yes, afraid yeah. of a bat. You know? <laughs> Which I had a uh, bat in my garage when I lived in upstate New York and. I was the one that was like, "Get it out! Open the door!" And you know, my mom and my you brother do? were like,
0: "No, it's
1: a bat!" He's like, "Well, you got to <laughs> let him out. He's not like, just <laughs> going to keep flying around in here." So
0: now, see, true to my, true to the characters that I play on screen, I went to visit a girlfriend in um, Martha's Vineyard, oh, wow. and as we were Beautiful walking place. in, she said, "You know, I'm sorry, but there's." There's a bat asleep hanging from the the rafters in your bedroom. (laughs) So I took a mason jar, put the mason jar over the bat's body, and then I took the lid and I pressed down on it, and I wasn't anticipating that it was going to wake up and start beating against the glass of the mason jar. So then I just took it to the window and threw the whole thing out the window.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I've done this before. Yeah,
0: they don't, I mean, you know, whatever, it's a bat. I mean, unless you end up having to get a rabies shot. Sure. Oh <laughs> which world. may have been why John was protecting himself.
1: All right. Now, did you ever add any of those experiences into the, because I haven't read your novels, I would love to read them, uh, the, the vampire novels. Did you ever add any of that into it? Because you had experience oh, with I that? don't. Or is it Well, actually,
0: like that? at one point in one of them, she does turn into a bat, awesome. so that she can gain access to, you know, some bar or something that she needs <laughs> to be into right. and not be recognized because she is a scream queen.
2: Oh wow! And so
0: you know, <laughs> she couldn't just walk in by as herself. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I don't I don't have any bats terrorizing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mason jars are werewolves answer. and other vampires and uh, Perfect. weirdos. <laughs> I'll like
1: definitely that. have to check those out, uh, Adrian. Thank you so much for doing this. We're huge fans. Yeah, it's, this it's is amazing. This is really incredible for, for everybody. So. Well, thank you. You uh, <laughs> we were an absolute pleasure at Texas Frightmare. So if any of you listening ever want to catch Adrian at convention, please go see her. She's a doll. Um, and you know, you're you're just all the stuff you've been in is is incredible, and we still watch it to this day. So um, well,
0: and I will tell you, I just did another film with Ray Wise. Oh wow. From Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. I, just did, I just did like seven movies in a row. I will hope that some of them get distribution. Oh, but the so. one I did with Ray is called The Chain. And I think it's, uh, it's worth seeing. It's a psychological thriller. And awesome. Ray is wonderful in it.
1: That's amazing. It's
0: really good.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely so. be on the lookout for it. Do you have an ETA on it for that one or when it comes out?
0: I don't. I don't. I should really get in touch with the... Uh, <laughs> director and the producer and see where it stands i know they were just in talks with the exhibitors
2: awesome
0: Um, yeah
1: Yeah,
2: now
3: look for the chain definitely
1: look out for that and uh you know we'll follow you in any body of work you do We're we're huge fans again and you know this has been incredible so thank you
0: great thank you uh, hi this is Adrienne barbeau and you're listening to phantasm podcast
2: we